It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What matchup should we be watching out for on Friday night against the Giants? And could there be a new favorite to start at right guard? We'll talk about it here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Fridays throughout the rest of the preseason, I'm going to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me to get those questions in for tomorrow's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. On today's episode of Locked on Panthers, we're going to have a crossover Thursday with Patricia Trana of Locked on Giants. For those who are new to the podcast this season, Every Thursday throughout the regular season leading up to each Panthers game on Sunday, or of course we play on Monday and Thursday as well, we have crossover Thursdays where we get the perspective from the opposing team, from the opposing Locked On podcast host for that team. So Patricia Trena of Locked On and Locked On Giants reached out to me this week, said, hey, let's go ahead and do one. I know we don't typically do it in a preseason. And I was thinking to myself, well... Yeah, it's just going to be a lot of O-line talk and concern over that this week. So why not have a show talking about something other than whether the Carolina Panthers offensive line can bounce back and whether that actually is a reason to panic early on, which I don't think it's time to panic. Although, again, an old, wise Birkenstock wearing man once told me it's never too soon to panic. I do think it's too soon to panic about an offensive line unit that was Good last year, really good compared to what they had been the last couple of seasons, a solid unit that is down one starter and has another player in Christensen who's coming off of an injury himself where he broke his leg in that final game in week 18 where Austin Corbett tore his ACL. So you got three guys back who I feel really good about and Bradley Bozeman at center. Taylor Moten at right tackle, Wiki Aquan at left tackle. Then I think Christensen can only get better at left guard. Just got to figure out who that right guard is going to be. 
Yes, Saturday against the Jets was bad. It was really bad. It was alarming. We did not expect to be sitting here all week talking about, damn, is this offensive line not good like we thought they were? I still think they're going to be good. Will they be an elite unit? No, I never felt like they were going to be an elite unit, but I do think they have a player in Nicky Aquano who could be an elite left tackle in the NFL one day, but it's got to take some more steps to get there. He's and he's only entering year two. Moten kind of is who he is, a solid right tackle. Not a great right tackle, but a solid good one for the Carolina Panthers. And I think Bradley Bozeman anchors this offense line at center, and Brady Christensen will get better at left guard with the continuity built there and more experience. Because remember, last year, was only the first year that he started at left guard in the NFL. The year prior when he was a rookie, they moved him from right tackle to left tackle, right guard to left guard. Never found a home throughout that entire calamitous season there on the offensive line in 2021. He's going to stay there. And that was one of the key things that James Camp and the Panthers offensive line coach talked on Tuesday about when he was speaking to the media where it makes more sense. You don't want to overcoach. It makes sense just leave guys somewhere. You don't need to move guys all around. They need to be able to get comfortable in a certain position. And that's why the Panthers have not moved Brady Christensen from left guard over to right guard because they want him to just be comfortable in a position where he played every snap last year until breaking his leg in week 18 against the Saints. So that's a smart thing for the Panthers to do, but they do have the option. If they need to move him the right guard, they could do that. But right now they just want to keep him there and then potentially have a guy like Chandler Zavala, maybe Nash Jensen, or of course, Cade Mays, be the starting right guard until Austin Corbett comes back. So we did not expect to talk about that all week long, as we just did again here on the show. But on the show today, we're going to get into some of the matchups going on, the storylines in New York, as well as storylines here as the Panthers and the Giants prepare for their week two preseason game at MetLife Stadium on Friday night. But before we get there, I do have a few things to say um, about the Panthers and just the injury report that came out on Wednesday from Panthers head coach Frank Reich, starting off with Miles Sanders, who has a groin injury, won't play on Friday, and Frank Reich said likely not going to play in the preseason at all. So he didn't play, of course, on Saturday because of his groin injury that he suffered last week during joint practice with the Jets, didn't play, not going to play on Friday, and looks like he won't be able to play next Friday in about eight days' time against the line, which I don't think is a big deal. I would have liked to have seen Miles Sanders in a way, but running backs, knowing the wear and tear and the usage on their bodies and how these guys are getting underpaid and that Sanders just had a very long season last year playing in 20 games because the Eagles were the number one seed, weren't they? Yeah, so playing in 20 games last year, season ending in February, it makes sense to maybe not have that guy out there. And we saw the last two years and Chris McCaffrey was here, didn't play in the preseason. Honestly, if I'm a team, I'm probably not going to play my starting running back in the preseason, just knowing that in college, they're getting used and abused. In the NFL, when they come in, they're getting used and abused. And luckily for Miles Sanders, he got a contract after being used and abused and lost. So we'll see how he looks this season, but I'm not overly concerned. It makes sense with the Panthers looking ahead to September 10th and knowing that this is a guy they want to use on first, second, and third down to allow his body to get right and ready when they head down to I-85 South to face the Atlanta Falcons. So that's a good opportunity, though, for a guy like Spencer Brown, who, of all the offensive players that we saw on Saturday afternoon against the Jets, probably had the best day. And he's someone who's trying to force this staff to hold a fourth running back. It feels like Chuba Hubbard is clearly going to be on the roster. Raheem Blackshear, without a doubt, is on the roster as he looks like the primary punt returner and that third back who they mentioned earlier this week. Thomas Brown on Tuesday said, this is a guy that we can use to spell Miles Sanders, particularly on third down, but maybe even in some other elements and facets of this offense coming up this season. I need to see more Chuba. We talked about some things to watch yesterday. I didn't really see a lot of Chuba Hubbard on Saturday, and he's a player who's a holdover from the Matt Rule era who – 
was a backup to Christian McCaffrey, came in when Christian was injured in 2021, wasn't all that impressive. Then last year, Deontay Foreman ended up being the actual guy who took over as the lead back, not Chuba. Now they brought in another running back ahead of him. He seems to be destined to always be that number two back, but is he potentially slipping to the number three back as Raheem Blackshear seems to be a favorite of this coaching staff back in OTAs, but now even back in the preseason and training camp as he's grown markedly since that time when they first laid their eyes on Raheem Blackshear. So Chuba Hubbard, where is he slotting on the running back depth chart right now? Can Spencer Brown maybe take his job or could he force his coaching staff to add that fourth running back uh, heading into the season on the initial 53-man roster? Andy Dalton, also not going to play, dealing with a back issue. He was out of practice on Tuesday. Didn't really practice at all on Wednesday. I'm not concerned about this anyways. The Panthers didn't play him in the preseason on Saturday. It was unlikely they're going to play him any snaps at all. If they did, it would have been barely any on Friday and even next Friday. Like, we don't need to see Andy Dalton. We saw what he could do in Cincinnati for all those years as a starter, taking that team to the playoffs and never winning a playoff game. We saw what he could do in Dallas. We saw what he could do last year in New Orleans. We know who Andy Dalton is. The Panthers brought Andy Dalton in and gave him that money for a reason, to be the veteran backup and someone they can call on and know what they're going to get from him and not have the season completely sink if Bryce Young gets hurt or if Bryce Young was not ready. We know who Andy Dalton is. We're still trying to find out who Matt Corral is. I feel like I know who Matt Corral is just based on what we've seen and kind of the expectations when he was drafted there in a the third round a year ago. I don't think he's someone who the Panthers should keep as their third quarterback just based off of the lack of experience and just the way he's played. Now, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt in terms of this. The guy has barely played any football at this level, but at the Panthers – now who can utilize the new rule at the NFL where you have you can have a third emergency quarterback, but he has to be on your 53-man roster. You need someone to earn that. You just don't give it. And it's great to have a cost-controlled salary and yada, yada, yada. But what is that worth if the player is not someone who can help you if called upon? And as I've said before in the last couple of shows this week and on Saturday, there's very few teams out there that are going to feel good about their third guy. I'm just looking at the Panthers. I would rather have someone who's actually played in a game. And maybe they're washed up, but I would rather have them than someone who you're still developing. But it's only time he's ever going to get any snaps is during the preseason. And so far, those preseason snaps dating back to last year and on Saturday have not been good. So we'll see what Matt Corral can do as he's still going to get a lot of opportunities. Matt, um, Frank Reich rather came out and said on Wednesday afternoon that the Panthers plan on playing Bryce Young about the same amount, played three series, 11 snaps. Hopefully if he plays three series, they can get far more than 11 snaps in, which would mean they move the football actually. And he was protected and given an opportunity. So we'd like to see that happen. But Matt Corral, going to see a lot of him. And as I said yesterday, I need to see Jake Luton. This is a guy who started in the NFL. This is a guy who has the kind of prototypical frame and they brought him in for a reason. So if Corral can't do it, at least Luton has playing experience and was pretty good in his first career start, even though things got bad the last two where he threw four interceptions the last time he started back in 2020 with the Jags, who, of course, were an abomination that year and are abomination most years. Not this year, though. We have a fun game against Jacksonville later on this season. But I want to see what Jake Luton looks like because maybe he's the actual QB3 here in Carolina. Uh, also looking at the injury report, Terrace Marshall – who, when is he not on it, unfortunately, since he came here to Carolina, pretty much started off on it when they brought him in with that knee issue dating back to his career at LSU. Then he struggled with that with concussions his uh, rookie year. Then last year was struggling with a hamstring and training camp that had him out. Matt 
rule who of course you know you guys don't love obviously for good reason he was saying hey we need Terrace out there and Terrace ends up being a healthy scratch first couple weeks of the season then we see what he can do in the final 12 games of the season really 11 games of the season when Steve Wilkes took over as the head coach and went to more of a running first attack but now Terrace Marshall out again was carted off which Adam Schefter made it seem to be oh man he was taking off in agony that's what happened with Traylon Burks up there with the Tennessee Titans and their joint practices, I think, with the Vikings. He was actually someone who was visibly upset. Terrace Marshall seems like he just walked over to the cart, sat in the front, said, hey, man, my back's killing me. Let's go inside. Let's figure this thing out. Wasn't dramatic, and it's not something the Panthers feel like will hold him out for a long time. But it feels pretty official now, though, that Jonathan Mingo, who the Panthers coaching staff, drafted in the second round 39th overall looks like he's gonna be your wide receiver three you're gonna have your top options and adam Thielen and then dj chark then you can look at hayden hurst as your pass catching tight end it's probably your third option so those are your top three options now your fourth option looks like it's gonna be jonathan mingo who started last week the depth chart the unofficial depth chart said he was the top wide receiver above at least the third wide receiver above marshall and above lavishkish nolt that looks like that's how it's going to work out here in Carolina as now Marshall was dealing with that back issue and once again showing that he just is someone you cannot rely on to be healthy for you. I'm also low-key concerned about the wide receiver depth because now you have Terrace dealing with an injury. I know LaVishka had an issue, but it's more probably precautionary because of the time of the year that we're sitting in. Demir Bird, someone who probably is going to make this roster, he's now injured and not going to be on the roster. It looks like we'll see what the Panthers side do, whether they want to you know, put him on IR for the rest of the season, whether they want to carry him on the 53, then put him on IR and bring him back in the middle part of the year. Shai Smith got a little nicked up last week, but he seems like he's in a decent position if they want to keep six wide receivers. I'm just a little bit concerned about the wide receiver depth. I already don't think this is a great wide receiver core as is. Don't love the idea that you're now lost to Mere Bird and you are losing Terrace Marshall for however long of a period and you're going to have a young rookie in John Flamingo looking like he's going to be your third wide receiver this upcoming season. And then finally, Cade Mays out with a neck issue. He missed practice on Tuesday. James Campen did not comment on it, but Frank Reich did on Wednesday. Not quite sure how serious that's going to be. They don't think it's going to be a long-term thing. Uh, but this now opens the door for someone like Chandler Zabala, who got reps with the ones on Monday and Tuesday, and again on Wednesday at right guard, and even Nash Jensen, who missed last week, gives these guys an opportunity to fill in there at right guard. After looking at Justin McCray and his struggles and looking at Michael Jordan, his struggles on Saturday, I would think the top two guys getting an opportunity on Friday night with, against the Giants at right guard are Zavala and Nash Jensen, and just kind of reading tea leaves. And what the Panthers did by bringing in Zavala, they wanted him to compete for a job uh, against Brady Christensen. Now he's sitting there at right guard, he feels like he might be the new favorite as Cade Mays had an opportunity to grab this job, but did not do that in OTAs and then entering into training camp and in the first preseason game has not shown that he is the clear choice to replace Austin Corbett until he's healthy. So maybe look at Chandler Zavala as your new right guard here in Carolina, depending on how he plays, of course, on Friday night against the Giants. So there's a quick injury update and some thoughts on where the Panthers stand heading into this Friday night game against the Giants. Going to take a quick pause here on the show, then come back and talk to Patricia Trena of Locked On Giants for this mini preseason edition of a Locked On NFL crossover Thursday. But before we get to Patricia, did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, 
visible thickness and visible scalp coverage, Nutrafol's hair growth supplements use physician formulated natural science-backed ingredients. Their drug-free patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual health. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter promo code LOCKEDONNFL. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men and enter promo code LOCKEDONNFL. That's Nutrafol.com slash men. Promo code locked on NFL. TurboTax experts make your moves count. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this Locked On podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts will make sure that they count for you. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? Well, that's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That is a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? That quite literally would be a move or maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made TurboTax experts make all your moves counts getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve filing with 100 accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed so switch to TurboTax today make your moves They'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the special crossover edition, Locked On Giants, Locked On Panthers. I'm Patricia Trainer, host of Locked On Giants, with Julian Council, the host of Locked On Panthers. And Julian, the Panthers' first year with Frank Reich, he's he's not a you know inexperienced head coach. He was previously the head coach of the uh, Colts, mm-hmm. but you know a lot of people kind of look at what Brian Dable was able to do with the Giants last year. How he was able to come in and surprise a lot of people when you know people didn't think the Giants were going to be much of anything. What's the the move down in Carolina? How are people feeling about? the work that Frank Reich and his st- staff have done so far and, and and what's the overall, you know, thought process as far as how good they might be. I wish you would have asked me this last Thursday because the vibes were great before the preseason game because it sounded uh, by all accounts that they had a productive joint practice against the Jets. And then once Saturday happened and people are now concerned about the O-line, which is a, a time-old concern here in Carolina. But I still think there's a lot of positivity about this team heading into the season. When you look at last year, they went 7-10. and 10, And that was despite going 1-5 and five, or in spite of going 1-5 and five to start the season firing your head coach after five weeks, having a one-dimensional offense where they were run heavy and they really couldn't throw the football. And even when Sam Darnold came in, he played his best football. We saw the same issues that popped up back in New York and his first year in Carolina with the turnovers in the last couple of weeks. And in spite of all of that, they were 7-10, and tied with the Falcons, tied with the Saints, one game behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who if they beat them in Week 17, the Panthers would have won the division. So people don't feel like the team is, I guess, that far away based off of how they overachieved last year in spite of all the the circumstances that were going on. I do think that the staff is in a better position to maybe get this team over the top when you look at bringing in a guy like Jim Caldwell, who's worked with Peyton Manning, worked with some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL to be as a senior advisor to Frank Reich. Frank Reich has had success with Andrew Luck in his first year in Indianapolis. He even 
things were going fine with Carson Wentz until they weren't. Jacoby Brissett, when speaking to people up in Indianapolis, had one of his better years when he had to start when Luck retired right before the season there in 2019. So I think Reich will be a good play caller for this team. I think Thomas Brown coming over from Los Angeles after spending time with Sean McVay, that helps as they've been able to craft the offense. Parks Frazier, who's a passing game coordinator, took over as a play caller last year in Indianapolis once Reich was fired. You have a ton of experience. And then Josh McCown as a quarterback coach who has the least amount of experience coaching-wise, but he's not that far removed from having to be called upon to play in that playoff game with Philadelphia a couple of years ago, and he's someone who's played the position for a long time. So I think the staff around Bryce Young and offensively, and just even defensively too, bringing Jero Vero, who in his first year as a DC last year in Denver, had a top 10 unit in a lot of categories. The vibes are good here in Carolina. People think that this coaching staff is far more equipped, certainly from the one last year, to get this team to the position where they can be competitive week in and week out in the NFL. All right, now just staying with the offense still for a moment, you know, obviously the, the results of the game doesn't matter, you know, in, in terms of play, playoff seating or anything like that. It's an exhibition game. But when you look at the matchups from the first the first team Panthers offense against potentially the first team Giants defense, the Giants starters, I believe, are going to play maybe okay. a series or two. What matchup are you most interested in seeing unfold? Oh, it's, it's so easy. It's the right guard. It's the interior of the offensive line, really the offensive line as a whole. I, I need to see how I think Chandler Zavala, the fourth round pick at NC State, will be the guy who starts at right guard after taking some first team snaps this week. Cade Mays, who was slotted in there when preseason or in training camp and the preseason started, he's going to miss the game with a neck injury. Uh, I believe that Nash Jensen, the UDFA out of North Dakota State, will also get an opportunity at right guard. So I'm really looking at right guard versus uh, I, whoever's going to be there in the middle that defensive line for the Giants. Like That's really the one thing I'm looking at heading into this game to see how that matchup plays out because that is so important for the Carolina Panthers to figure out who's going to be in that spot. So who is going to be opposite of those guys who the Panthers got to worry about and try to evaluate and on come Friday night? So if everybody starts like I anticipated, Will, Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams are up front. And okay. you'll see... Uh, and on the edges, the outside linebackers, you'll see Aziz Ojolari and Kayvon Thibodeau. So quite a challenge yeah. up front there, I think, for, for that offensive line of the Panthers. Yeah, I might have underrated the uh, the Giants. I, for, I forget some of the guys up there. I was going to say Luna Williams. Remember when he was a Jet coming out of USC? He's been a good player for you. Of course, Dexter Lawrence be, being here in the Carolinas is great. At Clemson, a North Carolina guy. And Ojolari and Th well, Thibodeau, that's entering their second year as edge rushers. Very interested to see how those who those how those guys do. And now Iki Kwan is someone who last week, first play of the game, got beat by Solomon Thomas, a former top three pick in his own right when he was drafted out of Stanford there with the San Francisco 49ers. I want to see how he's able to step up this week after having a poor outing last week alongside the entire offensive line. But that's really the matchup of looking at the interior. It would be cool. It, I mean, and also I think one other thing I'm looking at too is quarterback-wise. Uh, Andy Dalton's not going to play. And even if he was healthy, he's out with a back issue. He probably was not going to play because this Panthers staff is trying to see what they have in their third round pick out of last year, Matt Corral, who could potentially be the backup quarterback to Bryce Young uh, next season or even in 2025. But so far, it's just not shown a lot in the preseason outings last year before he broke his foot, had that list Frank injury that cost him his rookie year. Maybe he gets an opportunity with all the issues that they had last year at quarterback to play. Uh, never will never know. But he came out on Saturday, didn't look good. I want to see what he's able to do against the Giants twos, really the Panthers twos overall, because they got beat 27-0. And that's not just the the ones who played 11 snaps losing. Like that's 
a complete demolition uh, from your ones, your twos, and the threes, just not stepping up. So I'm looking to see how Corral performs, and even Jake Luton, who's the number four quarterback here. Like I'm looking at that matchup versus Giants twos and kind of the depth overall here in Carolina and how that matched up against a Giants team that was in the playoffs last year. Now, from my perspective, a matchup that I'm looking forward to seeing, and you can t- tell me what you think about this one. Mm-hmm. The Giants' run defense last year wasn't very good, despite having Dexter Lawrence up front, who was pretty good, despite having Leonard Williams, who was in and out of the lineup due to injuries. Now, the Panthers, uh, they added Miles Sanders, old friend from the Philadelphia Eagles, yeah. to their running backs uh, stable. They had Chubba uh, Hubbard. Um, I think they had – did they draft um, – uh, Peoples was he drafted or no? Undrafted? He's a uh, undrafted free agent. Undrafted free agent. Um, they did pick up um, Blackshear, I think, and they have a guy Brown. If I'm right, do I have yep, that Spencer right? Brown. Yep. So I mean, when you look at that running game, is that right now? Do you think the strength of this Panthers offense, or do you give the nod more so to the passing game? I would think it would be the running game. Uh, the one thing too, with the offensive line last year, it, it was very run heavy. It's not like they had that much of a, a passing game where they were going to be dropped back in situations where they had to pass protect. I do think they're better than what they showed uh, on Saturday afternoon, but we know their strength is being able to run the football. The Panthers have been able to run the football the last couple of seasons, uh, even when their offensive lines have been bad. I would think it'd be a strength again. Now Sanders is not going to play on Friday. He probably won't play at all in the preseason, had a groin injury last week that kept him out. And it's one of the things where it seems like the Panthers really want to hold him out until the regular season starts. He's a guy who got a ton of carries last year. He's already entering in year five. He's one of the lucky running backs to actually get paid. Uh, he got the biggest free agent deal of all the running backs this offseason. He's someone who they're going to want to use him first, second, and third down this upcoming season. So he's going to get a lot of wear and tear on that body. They're trying to rest him. So I'm interested to see how a guy like Chuba Hubbard performs. because He could be kind of falling back uh, in the wandering back depth chart with uh, behind Raheem Blackshear who Thomas Brown, the Panthers OC, brought up the other day as someone who he's really liked to see in his growth from OTAs to now. He's been their primary kick returner so far and punt returner, and he's someone who they mentioned could help them in third downs entering into the season. He's a guy who signed on late last year uh, as a holdover from the rule regime, so we'll see what he can do. And then Spencer Brown, someone who I've been talking about, hey, the Panthers don't really have that kind of that bruiser. Like I know they want to use um, Sanders as an everyday kind of every down back, Maybe Brown can be situationally somebody you can use in short yarded situations. He was probably the only offensive player that really shined on the Saturday afternoon. Him and Derek Wright, a wide receiver who hurt his knee, and Javon Wims, another wide receiver, two guys that aren't going to make the roster in all likelihood. I like to see what he's able to do against this Giants front this upcoming se- this up uh, this uh, upcoming Friday night. All right, now Julian, let's talk about the Panthers' defense. Now, the big thing that I know a lot of Giant fans that I want to see as well is all this speed that the Giants have added. And it starts with Darren Waller, the tight end, who thus far in Giants training camp has been unguardable. I mean, this is a guy that you watch him and there's a party by him. You know, like there's two or three guys by him trying to slow him down, which opens up things for the guys on the outside. The Giants adding speed in Paris Campbell, Jalen Hyatt, the rookie. How do you see that matchup playing up against the Panthers defensive secondary? Yeah, that's a, a great signing there by uh, the Giants get Darren Waller. And I, I mean, in good, I, I guess they traded for him, didn't they? Um, but that's good on Daniel Jones, a Charlotte guy, to be able to have someone like that to rely on this upcoming season. It'll be interesting, too, because the Panthers, uh, they brought in Von Bell to be uh, their safety, their main communicator back there with Xavier Woods and 
by all accounts so far, like those guys are just excellent in the back end and how they're able to communicate and get everybody in position in this new defensive scheme that they're running here in Carolina. By bringing in Bell, that's allowed Jeremy Chen, who's played linebackers rookie year, where he was second in uh, rookie of the year defensive uh, player defensive rookie of the year voting behind Chase Young. Um, and then the last tough couple of seasons, he's played at safety and he may be more naturally a guy who just kind of freelances and doesn't play primarily safety plays closer to the line of scrimmage. So when they brought in bell, they brought him in closer to where he could be more of a playmaker and they have him listed as a nickel corner. I think he'll be in a situation where he's going to be in coverage against Waller. And honestly, the one knock on Shin the last couple of years since he's come into the league has been his coverage skills. So I want to see what he looks like against Darren Waller this upcoming season. And when you look at speed, like it's good for the Panthers to get to see what their two top corners can do in J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson, who I think both, especially Jackson, who tore Achilles last year, he looked to be back to his old self on Saturday. It would be interesting to see if those guys get more snaps on Saturday. Then the backups, Keith Taylor and C.J. Henderson, those are two guys who struggled the last couple of seasons when called upon when Horn and Jackson Jackson been injured. They've so far had really good camps. Want to see what they're able to do if they get an opportunity to get some of those speed guys uh, with the Giants this upcoming season or this uh, upcoming Friday, especially a guy like Jalen Hyatt, who just had an outstanding season last year at Tennessee. All right, folks, coming up next, we're going to talk about guys on the bubble that maybe might be of interest to the Giants and giant guys on the bubble that might be of interest to the Panthers. So don't go anywhere. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, everybody. Welcome back to this special crossover edition, Locked On Giants, Locked On Panthers. I'm Patricia Chana, host of Locked On Giants. He's Julian Council. Host of Locked On Panthers, Julian, who are some of the bigger names or the more well-known names that are on the bubble for the Panthers right now? Well, Matt Corral is someone who I already mentioned. He's definitely on the bubble. I know the new rules here in the NFL, the uh, third emergency quarterback, are probably going to have a lot of guys uh, be able to stay on the roster as that third quarterback because you have to have the guys already on the 53-man roster. Now, Corral certainly, I don't think, has earned that spot just yet i would say today that he's probably gonna be on the panthers roster uh he, at least he would be today if they had to make the cutdowns thing is they have to make the cutdowns uh, today so he's someone who's absolutely on the roster bubble another guy would be shy smith who they took uh in the fifth round a couple years ago he's a rule holdover who actually started last season as their third wide receiver had a great training camp and preseason that just never carried over he's now in a position where demir bird who they brought in and I think the thought was he was going to be their sixth guy. He's now out with that hamstring issue that I don't know what the Panthers are going to do. I don't know if they whether put him on season-ending IR. I don't know if they're going to carry him, then put him on IR. I don't know if they're just going to decide to just part ways and have an injury settlement. That's something that we're still waiting to see how that's going to be determined. But Shai Smith now has an opportunity to make this roster. And he was a guy who, going into training camp, did not look like he had a great chance to make it. So he's absolutely one of those bubble guys that a lot of people – are looking at heading into uh, this weekend. And then Eric Rowe, 
who's been in New England. He, he was in, in Miami the last couple seasons. He's a safety, a veteran who it's a pretty crowded safety group. When you look at Von Bell and Woods are going to play a lot. Chin can play back there if they need him to. Sam Franklin has been more of a special teams ace for this team the last couple of years. Had an interception on just a terrible throw last week by the Jets quarterback. And he's someone I think could step up and maybe be a solid backup. They drafted Jamie Robinson out of Florida State in the fifth round. So it's pretty deep back there. Rose going to earn his, his spot on the roster. I think he can. He, he was pretty solid on Saturday. He's one of those guys that's right there on the roster bubble trying to make it. So those are really the three that I'm looking at. I guess Eric Rose probably mo ma mainly known for the being the guy who started instead of Malcolm Butler mysteriously during that Super Bowl when the Eagles beat the, uh, the Patriots a couple of years ago. All right, so three positions basically that the Giants really don't need as of this writing. I mean, safety, they're, they should be pretty good with. Receiver, yeah. they've got a gazillion receivers. They have to sort that out. And um, you mentioned quarterback, the Giants trying to develop Tommy DeVito. So from the Giants' perspective, I, oh. I think, you know, in terms of guys that maybe are on the bubble that might be able to help the Panthers, depending on how, you know, they view them. Obviously, I mentioned interior offensive linemen. The Giants are going to cut some of those guys, um, and they can play guard and center. You know, like we have a Jack Anderson. There's a Shane Lemieux. I mean – these are guys that can play left guard, right guard. You know, a, a couple of them can play center. Cornerback is going to be a spot. You know, everybody's keeping an eye on Darnay Holmes. And if he holds on to that slot cornerback job. So that's certainly, you know, a, a role maybe that the Panthers might look at. Receiver, as I mentioned, the Giants got a gazillion of them. But it sounds like yeah. the Panthers don't need anything there. Um, there might be a running back that shakes free from, from the Giants, you know, just Sean Corbin, Gary Brightwell uh, fighting for that last roster spot there. Um, I think and, they're good uh, wide receiver. I feel like they like the guys that they have. Yeah, I, I'm skeptical of how good they're going to be. I do think Adam Thielen, even entering an age 33 season, I still think he has a lot to give this year in Carolina. How's he going to play the next two seasons of his deal? We'll find out later. I do think DJ Chark can be a good player for them. He's been a pro bowler before. I think he was solid last year in Detroit when healthy. The issue is just has not been healthy the last couple of seasons. So I feel like they like who they have, and they got a rookie in Jonathan Mingo who looks like he's going to be their third wide receiver. And they have Hayden Hurst who they brought in to be a pass and catching tight end as well. So I, they, they seem to be happy because they were really never interested in the guys like New Hopkins who were available throughout the summer. That was never something that they wanted to do. I guess one other position group where they're trying to find maybe some more help if they want to bring any in as far as roster cutdowns go is there an outside linebacker, their edge rusher. They brought in Justin Houston uh, about 10 days ago to start opposite of Brian Burns. And they have guys like Ito Matos is ending in his fourth year. He's been more of a naturally like a down lineman, more, more so than guys like a stand-up outside linebacker. It's an awkward fit. He's a guy who's trying to make this roster. Omari Barno is someone who's played a lot of special teams last week and probably would be on the roster. Had a good game on Saturday. He's someone who's also kind of on the roster bubble. So if there's any Giants that get cut that could maybe help out on the edge, I think that's a position the Panthers be looking at. Same thing with defensive tackle. A guy like Taylor Stallworth they brought in who has experience experience um with Frank Reich he didn't get that many snaps it looked like on Saturday and I'll be interested to see if there's an interior defensive lineman that they may try and get if they have somebody shakes loose there uh once roster cutdowns come there in New York yeah as far as outside linebacker goes I mean the Giants basically have the same cast of characters as last year save for one yeah. one change so there might be you know like Tashawn Bauer I don't know if he's gonna make it O'Shane Zimenez I don't know what he, if he's gonna make it my guess is he he's on the bubble 
defensive line, interior defensive line, they've had some injuries to Giants have had it, but you know, they have a, a, a bunch of, you know, guys that they brought in that maybe, you, you know, you can pick up for depth and whatnot. So we'll have to see how that plays off. So final question for you, Julian, not counting the score, because again, the outcome of the game does not matter, but when the Panthers walk off the field next uh, on Friday, what question or what do you want to see or feel better about having watched them played? Oh, absolutely. The offensive line, <laughs> especially now hearing about, uh, who the, you, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like, that's the concern. Man. That's what everyone's yeah. concerned about. And that was not a concern of mine. I came up here and was talking to summer. Hey, this is a strength of the roster. Now I feel good about what they have. And I still do. It's just was jarring to see how bad they were on Saturday. And that was just not anything that anybody expected. And it's kind of PTSD. We've seen a lot of battle lines here in Carolina. We saw Cam Newton get beat up all those years. We, we saw what's gone on the last couple of seasons. No one, no one wants to live through that again. So we thought it was fixed here in Carolina. I still think it's good. I think right guard will be an issue, though. It's just that's just how it's going to be. Even when Corbett comes back, let's just be realistic. When guys come off of injuries like that, and you're talking about coming in the middle of the season, they're just not going to be the same player right away. Maybe in 24, he'll be back to himself. I just feel like that's probably going to be a season-long issue unless someone like Chandler Zavala comes in and can solidify that in the meantime. So we'll see how that works out. But I want to come out feeling good about the offensive line, at least the four other positions on that O-line, aside from right guard. Because I don't know if we're ever just going to feel great about that this season in Carolina. And I also would like to feel good about Bryce Young in the passing game, because they would get an opportunity, which they did not get an opportunity on Saturday because the offensive line did not protect. So those are the areas I'd like to feel good about coming out of this game on Friday. And from the Giants' perspective, offensive line, obviously I'd like to maybe get some clarity as to what they're going to do. Um, and then I think the other thing that I would really like to see is the special teams, is particularly the coverage teams, doing a much better job. Because once again, last week, they were a problem. And it's been, you know, we can go back to last year when it was a problem. And I know it's different guys, a different cast of characters this year. But at some point, this bleeding has to stop that we see with the breakdowns on special teams and Hopefully that'll get fixed and they'll identify core guys that can really beef up the coverage units because they have not been very good for the Giants going back to last year, maybe even the year before too. You can make a case for that. But uh, those are two things I'd want to see. I'd also would want to see obviously the new passing game with all the speed um, and, and the run defense. Now, again, I don't think the Giants starters are going to play a whole lot, but um, just to get a feel for, how things are taking shape and should be a fun matchup. It always is. And um, I can't wait for, for, for the game. I, I, I'm just so glad we finally have real football. Back. Yeah. I'm just glad to be one step closer to the regular season. That's yeah. what it is. That's, that's how I feel. So I'm glad to have it. And we'll be even happier uh, next week and in the week after that. And then finally, when we get uh, right there, Memorial day, and then we're right there ready for the season starting week one. Always good to catch up with Patricia Trena of the Locked On Giants podcast. Go check her out on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast like you listen to this show here, Locked On Panthers. The Panthers got a lot of questions to answer on the offensive line and in other areas on Friday night as they face off against the Giants. Hoping to see Bryce 
connect more of his receivers. Obviously, hoping to see Bryce not be in that MetLife turf. They got new turf, by the way. So hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on wood, no injuries, because that's been an issue the last couple of years for a lot of teams playing at MetLife. Don't know why I just said it. I know someone's going to come back and be like, if something happens, I'm like, you cursed us. Please, God, don't let that happen. Either way, excited to see what's going to happen on Friday night. Good to talk to Patricia, see what's going on in New York, and obviously talk about what's happening here in Carolina. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, make sure to subscribe and follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council. Why? Because tomorrow I'm going to answer your weekly Friday mailbags. Questions. The best way to answer or ask me questions is to at me or DM me over on Twitter. And even some of you have DM me on Instagram. It's still the same handle, at Julian Council. So however you want to do it, Twitter, Instagram, I don't care. Just get those questions into me so I can answer them ahead of Friday night's matchup against the New York Giants. So go out there and do that now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to y'all on Friday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.